0: excited that you are here. Thank you for coming back. And if you are new here, this is Conquering Me podcast, where we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I am Jennifer Jefferson. I am the one that you will constantly hear. I am the only voice as of right now, because I'm always open to whatever the Spirit of the Lord says. But as of right now, it is just me. And we talk about the Word of God and how we can apply the Word of God to our lives and just really represent Him here on earth. I do believe that we have to get back to a place where our mission as believers is to go out and just minister and preach and teach just talk about just testify of the goodness of God right and it's not really our job to convert my husband and I we had this wonderful conversation the other day about he said something about converting and it just really struck me because in the bible it never give makes it our responsibility to convert quote unquote, someone to make them become a believer, to make them safe, because really that's not our position, nor do we have that power. Our job is to simply say, preach, teach, however you want to phrase it, because some people don't want to hear teaching and preaching specifically to the voice of a woman. And that's going to be another topic, another conversation, another time. So, uh, (laughs) but... Our job is to go out and spread the good news. That's it. That is our job. And it's not that's it to like simplify it or even make it seem so small and minute, but that's it. That's really what we are supposed to do. We're supposed to talk about our testimony. We're supposed to talk about how good God is and how he is our savior and all these other things. And where we have messed up is to think that we have the authority and the ability to make someone saved. That is not what we can do. We can have have moments with people. We can walk with people. The Bible says one plant, one water, and God brings the increase. Salvation in someone accepting Christ Jesus is the increase, right? They are now that there's increase more coming into the kingdom of God. Um, I believe it was Paul when he was preaching after the day, no, it was right before they had uh, the day of Pentecost. And he was just preaching about Christ and what is to come. And in that day, I believe the Bible says 3,000 came to Christ. He didn't sit here and tell and fuss at people and say, you got to get saved or you go to hell. No, it is our because at the, it is not our job. Because at the end of the day, they as individuals, just like how we have to make the decision. Do I want Christ in my life? Or do I not, right? So, and I'm saying this so that we can get back to the place of just doing what we are supposed to do and allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit and allow God to be God. And for us to remain in our positions as being his vessels here on earth. But once again, converting, and I get what people say and why people say it, but I do believe the way that it is used and how we use the thought process of converting someone it really puts us in the position of making it seem like we actually have the ability to make someone say we have no heaven and hell to put someone on. We did it into we did not die for anyone. Right. And so having these conversations with other strong believers, other um biblically sound believers is so important for us to challenge ourselves and challenge our growth. And this goes into really one of the things I want to talk about is I had a wonderful conversation with one of our good friends, two of our good friends, but um, one of my good friends, Kim, her and I were talking and it was just, and I was just telling her some things that I was really going through. It was on my mind and, and something that just happened. And I just love her personality. She's funny. She's hilarious. She's beautiful. She's smart. And she's such a powerful and amazing woman of God. And as we were talking, she said, you know, this has been on my heart for the four of us just to pray. And the four of us, she say, myself and Chris, my husband, and uh, her and Willie, who is her husband. And we've been really good friends uh, since college. And We, um, so I said, oh God, yeah, that would be amazing for us to just pray. Now we live in two different time zones, but we said we're going to make it happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that she was, very consistent and persistent about it. She literally texted me the moment we got off. I, I talked to Chris, I text her the following day and we just made it happen. I think like the n- next week. And so as we were praying, there are some things that they were praying about that the Lord placed on their heart to speak on, uh, speak to us about. And Um, And so there was so much revelation that that I received personally within that conversation and then also within the prayer. And I want to share this, these scriptures with you all, because it really changed me and it opened up my mind. And the Lord allowed for some things to be uprooted that were within me. Um, And I don't even realize they understood how God was using them specifically for me. They were just being obedient Right. And this is once again about converting. This is once again talking about your circle. Um, once again, all of these things that help to challenge our mindset, challenge some things of, oh, my gosh, I used to think that this is the way I was supposed to do it. Now, God, through your word, I am receiving a revelation that this is not the way. God, thank you for, number one, being so gracious during that time when I had a childlike mindset. But now you are maturing me in this area, whatever that area is. So it is so important to have a great, solid group of believers around you. One of the things that God has really placed on my heart is um at the end of every podcast is to really encourage us to find a church home, a Bible study group. You, we have to find other people that's gonna uplift us, encourage us, and also sharpen us. Iron sharpens iron. I have been tremendously blessed with an amazing husband who loves the word of God. He is a teacher, he is a preacher, he's an encourager. So I have so he and I have these wonderful conversations about the word. I have been blessed to grow up in a home where my father and my mother loved the word of God. They love prayer. They love the people of God. Right. And so there were questions that we were able to have with, uh, you know, ask them, even as, you know, as I got older, teenager teenager in, in, in my early adulthood, asking my dad certain things, asking my mom certain things. So I was blessed and privileged in that area. And I understand that not everyone has that. And I understand that, especially when you're new to Christ, you may not have that. Or even if you're just like, well, my family, we believe in God, but we really don't talk about our faith like that. We don't talk about uh, prayer. We don't talk about uh, really studying the word of God. I just encourage you to find your circle of people that's really going to challenge you. That's going to give you, how about this? That's going to spark this interest in you to study the word of God, to really pray deeper or, or differently, to really listen to things differently, to really see God in everything. And one of the things I'm so excited about, a journal that I'm working on, and it is conquering ourselves through the words of Jesus Christ and is taking Uh, About six passages of scriptures and there's six sets of scriptures that is. So say, for instance, the one first set, you study that daily over two week period. So it's the same five scriptures that you're studying daily. And the purpose of this is for us to dive deeper within the word of God and also for this to challenge us, challenge our thought process and also challenge our patience because we are living in a world where everything is so it comes easy regarding information we can google anything in seconds right to the point you know i come from the day and i remember not having internet in my household right and then i remember when internet did come along and we had it it was dial up we had dial up child that's when you literally i remember being in college and i did not have internet in my um in my apartment <laughs> But we had dial-up. Child, I would, this is what we have, the Ethernet. Child, some of y'all don't even know what all this is. I plug that thing into my computer. I can literally walk away because I had to unhook my phone, my, my actual in-house landline phone, plug it into my computer. I can walk away, go do my makeup, get dressed. And then probably by that time, it was finally connected. So I remember that. Even though yes I'm early 40s, I remember that in, in that time frame. So technology has changed so much over the past 20 years, which is phenomenal. But how has this really changed how we operate as people even in our walk with God? All of these things overflow. There's a scripture um and i'm just kind of i'm giving you the paraphrase it says first natural then spiritual and there's a lot of things that we have to look at of what's happening in the natural realm and how is it impacting or reflective of the spirit because truthfully it happens in the spirit realm first then it 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 manifests in the natural but we have to see how the natural does impact even our relationship with god and so I have been encouraging us to really find a group of friends and people to really, really allow us to see God differently. So this conversation that we were having with my friends, they came from these scriptures and I want to read this. It's this wonderful, wonderful scripture that really helped me in my walk. And I'm reading Luke 18, one through eight, and I'm going to read the NLT version And this is Jesus talking to the disciples, right? And so, and I appreciate my friend Willie, who we are going to have on the show. I'm so excited. He has written a book. Then the book is entitled Make Room for God. And so I have been reading this book and it is so rich. It is so full on how to make room for God and various areas of our lives. And it has, when I say it is filled with scriptural knowledge, it is a blessing, I'm talking about like this thing is so good. So how to make room for God. We are going to talk about that and I will make sure I promote it Um, and just really get it out there because I want you guys to read this book. But going back to Luke 18, Luke 18, one through eight says this. And once again, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's not talking to the masses. He's talking to the disciples. And um, one thing I did gain from this conversation was understanding when Jesus is talking to the masses and the disciples. And then I added the extra question, and this is even for us. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, why was he specifically giving the disciples this message? Because wisdom would tell us that if the teachers or the preachers or the disciples of God are not obtaining how to pray, are not obtaining how to witness, the masses won't obtain it. So we have to get certain things first before others can obtain it. So I just want to ask, put that little bit of wisdom out there. Whenever we are talking or reading, excuse me, reading the word of God, and we see who Jesus is talking to, ask those questions like, God, why were you talking specifically to that person about this or only the disciples or to the masses or this one individual woman and see how he was talking to them. So Luke 18, one says this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Persistent prayer. He's teaching them how to have a persistent prayer life. Okay. Verse two says, there was a judge in a certain city. He said, He neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, "Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even it, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to His chosen people who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep?" putting them off, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? And I want to read it in the NIV version on two of the scriptures because um, specifically, now I'm going to go to the King James version, because what I love is On the King James Version, verse verse 8, it says, I tell you that he he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on earth? And really what it is, is will he find such faith on earth? The different versions of when he said how this woman was uh, troubling him. Honey, this man said this woman basically was aggravating him nonstop. Jesus is telling this story about this terrible judge. But this woman was so persistent and constantly coming and requesting her same request over and over to this unjust, wicked judge. Because Jesus said he was ungodly. Jesus said he didn't care about people. But because of this woman's persistence, the judge gave her what she desired. So as My friend Willie read that scripture and as we began to discuss things, it was so many revelations that came to me. I was like, Lord. I took on the mindset of, I just have to pray about it once and then that's it. Because truthfully, my childhood pastor, and I don't, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to say he meant any harm or not because I really don't believe he did. But this is just what he believes. He believes that if you, pray about it once and that's it because if you keep going back it's like you have a lack of faith and that wasn't the truth and then my i've heard my father even say things like that because he respected our childhood pastor so much and so they stood on that but for me i felt and but here's the thing my mom would say honey don't tell me how many times i can go to my father about what i want you know my mom was like you know she looked feisty <laughs> So she was saying these things, but I realized as we were having this conversation, this is why it's good to have godly people in your life to encourage you, to hold hold you up, to sharpen you. I realized that I was holding on to things. Because I felt that if I kept going back to my father, that it was a lack of faith. But this passage of scripture is saying. That You. Have great faith by constantly and persistently going to your father, to the judge, who is the greatest judge of them all? God himself. He is truly the only real judge. But keep going to our the judge, keep going to our heavenly father, keep going to our redeemer, our provider. We keep going to him, even if it's over the same thing over and over and over, and he will answer. And here's the kicker. He will even give you something because this is just how God is. He will even give you something that is out of his will. How do we know this? Look at the children of Israel. And if you want to study that at any time, I suggest that you study that about the children of Israel when they asked for a king. This is when Saul came in. Saul, the children of Israel were never supposed to have a king. They were supposed to be obedient to God and follow the prophets that God sent them. But they wanted to fight the system all the doggone time. So they asked for things that were out of the will of God. And this specific thing that I'm talking about is when they asked for a king. And if you want to study that, that said first uh, Samuel chapters eight through 15. But I believe it's in chapter eight where they specifically say in there, let me read it specifically. Um I want to say it's verse chapter 8 verse 1 I believe and it says this yes uh first Samuel First Samuel chapter eight, verse one, they turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and they came to Samuel at Ramah and they said to him, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations. This was the beginning of it. But if you really want to study it to gain uh, more understanding about all that happened, it is chapters eight through 15 in first Samuel. But God even gave them a king when that was never his will. Because that's just how God is. Remember when Jesus says, if you ask in my name. God is telling us, if we ask it in the name of Jesus, you shall receive it. So now here's, here's the godly wisdom. What we are asking for is that in the will of the Lord. Because we do kind of, uh, we, we've kind of morphed some of these things of write the vision and make it plain out of context. We've kind of taken that slightly out of context. We've taken the, the scripture, God will give you the desires of your heart out of context. Because before that, it says, if you delight yourself in him. And also the reason why the Lord even told Hebekah about writing the vision and make it plain is because Hebekah was praying unto God. And God gave him an answer of what to do. And if you continue writing, he tells them what to write. So it's this thing that we have to do Of when we are even asking God and we're persistent in our prayers. God is in the will because I don't want to ask anything that's out of your will. That's going to cause havoc in my life. That's going to allow me to be out, like really kind of tiptoe out. Now the grace of God, he's going to keep you. But because you ask some things, you may have to go through some unnecessary stuff. But here's once again, the beauty of God. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Right. Everything like God is so wonderful. He is so just. He's so kind. He's so merciful. But even when we do things that is out of his will, ask for things that are out of his will. He's like, look, even when you come back to me, I can still restore you because that's who I am. But this persistent prayer life. And so it it just freed me in a sense of saying, God, I realized that this seed and this thing that I've been carrying for so long, I felt that I was not having faith. I was having a lack of faith because I had faith, but it was just a lack. You know, whenever you lack something, it means you don't have enough of it. So I felt like I didn't have enough faith for this thing to come to pass. But I was so grateful when the Lord led our friends to pray with us. And that also the Lord gave them these passages of scriptures to read before we prayed. And we had a brief discussion about it. And this Luke 18 just set me free. I said, Lord, it's amazing how many times we can read something or we can gloss over something. And it just. You're like, it just hits you differently. And I'm pretty sure there's someone out there listening who is like, oh, yes, I read a scripture three, four times, and, and I go back to it. It's like at the seventh time, you're like, I didn't pay attention to that. This is why I say we should be students of the word. Jesus says in verse eight, He's asking, when the Son of Man returns, will He find such faith? This undying faith. I love what it says in in the Passion Translation. God will give swift just to those who don't give up. He will give swift just to those who don't give up. And that's in verse 8, Luke 18, 8. So be every, ever praying, ever expecting so every time I'm in praying, I'm expecting God to do it. I'm expecting him to listen. I'm expecting him to strengthen me. I'm expecting him to give me wisdom. I'm expecting a newfound level of grace, peace, joy. I'm expecting him to get, gain, give me knowledge on where to go so that I can obtain earthly knowledge about this. I'm expecting... If I'm expecting for my marriage to be better, so Lord, teach me how to be the wife that my husband needs. And that means that now I have to obtain knowledge. That means I need to go ahead and ask my husband, husband, what do you need from me in this season in our lives? Things have changed. What do you need from me? What do you desire from me? I'm expecting that things will get better. So I love how the, tra- the, uh, the passage translation says that. So be ever praying, ever expecting in the same way as the widow. She went back persistent over and over to a mean garbage judge. She did not give up. The man said, this woman is wearing me down, but here's the beauty. We can never wear God down. We can never annoy God. We can never annoy God with our prayer requests, like coming to him and talking to him. He wants to hear from us. So it doesn't matter how many times you go to him about a specific issue. You keep going. Some of you all might remember, I know here in in America, I don't know how big it got, but I remember like in the 90s, there was... uh, the saying push, and it stood for pray until something happens. And I remember seeing shirts and there was like the little uh, rubber uh, wristbands that people would wear and it was push, 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 pray until something happens. Be relentless in your prayer life. Be persistent in your prayer life. And you know what also I had to learn? I had to be selfish in my prayer life. I used to feel so convicted about praying for things for me and my desires and the things that I know God has placed within my heart. Because I was like, God, there's so much going on in this world. There's someone who is literally living in the chaotic home. I don't have that. There's so much. So it's like I kept praying and interceding for other people, which is beautiful, which is what we should do. But at the same time, I was neglecting my own prayer life. I wasn't encouraging myself in the Lord. There's a scripture in the Bible says those who are willing and obedient will eat the, will eat the fruit of the land. And I remember my pastor telling me, and and I was just sitting there in church and and God has graced my pastor to operate in prophetic. And he just came to me in, in service. He was praying and just came to me in service. He said, Jennifer, Scripture says, and I've heard this scripture so many times, and I read this scripture: those who are willing and obedient will eat the fruit of the land. And I said, Amen, Amen. You know, he said. He looked at me and said, Jennifer, eat. And I said, Oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Then I had to think about this later. I went home and I started to really meditate on this. I was like, Am I not eating? And I talked to my husband. And he said, Yeah, you're not eating. You'll make sure everybody else is okay. You'll make sure you'll take care of this, but you're not receiving what God. Is telling is for you as his child. And I was like, oh man. And I remember my mom, the Lord blessed my mom with a new car and and she said how the Lord gave her this revelation that he was giving her a gift. And she was just slightly, but just surely just kept nudging and right on back. And it's like, God is constantly wanting to provide for his children. And so she realized that she was doing that because the the gift, the blessing was really out of her comfort zone. And this was new and all of these things that some of us, we, we are fine with not being seen. We're fine with not receiving the glory and the praise, which is good. But at the same time, what are we neglecting within our relationship with the Lord? So when I had this very ordained conversation with our friends in this prayer time and going over these passages of scriptures, I realized that there was this seed that was planted in me long time ago that I didn't really realize was still there. That my faith was not strong if I continued to go to God to pray over this one thing. Then the Lord opened my eyes to realize how I prayed. I was not praying for myself the way I prayed for others. Then the Lord brought back to me how I don't eat, how he loves me, how he cares for me. But am I resting in that? As a parent, my heart would be broken if I keep giving my children stuff and they're like, mom, no, I don't need it. Then I would say, what's wrong? Why don't don't you think that you deserve the goodness? Why don't you think that you deserve just to rest? So as the Lord was really dealing with me with all of this stuff, he was freeing me. And then I had a wonderful time with the Lord by myself that night. Everybody was in their rooms. We did, you know, we, we had, we did our errands. We went to an event for my son, my youngest. He was in the bed. My older children, my niece came over. So she was spending the night. So it was like all of this, everybody. And I said, okay, I need to pray. And I shut down and I told them, I said, hey, I'm about to pray. And as I was praying. I remembered the conversation that I had with them about this passage of scripture. About being persistent in our prayer life. About making sure we pray for the things that are within the will of God. And then I thought about the scripture that the Lord had me to say while we were having the conversation. And the scripture is he, Hebrews 11 and six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, the crazy part is this is like one of my favorite scriptures but then I realized I'm diligently seeking God on other people or maybe certain issues, but am I really diligently seeking God like the woman in this passage of scripture that Jesus was telling the disciples? Well, I was, I being so persistent that if, if God was right in front of me to where I can touch him, when well, that's what I mean, because God is everywhere. But if I can Touch him and see him like I see my husband. Will I wear God down to where he's just like Lord? I need to give it to her. Just here, here. Yeah, I'm just gonna give it to her because she just is every time she's coming to me constantly, constantly, constantly. I'm talking about a ferocious type of prayer. I'm talking about that bulldog. What's so funny is I'm as I'm talking, I'm thinking about my husband when he was in sales. His um. His manager would tell him, it's like, man, you're a phenomenal salesman, but you're like a bulldog. You come in strong. And he, my husband would. My husband has that takeover spirit. He comes in strong and he's expecting that things will be better. And I had to realize that, like, I'm not as diligent as I thought I would. But God, I thank you for increasing my revelation, increasing my knowledge. So then I took what I learned and I put it into practice. Boy, when I said I prayed, I was talking to God. I'm talking about I was laying everything at his feet. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been bottling all this up. I've been bottling all of this up, Lord. All of this, all of these things I've been wanting to talk to you about. I felt like I've, I said it to you once, Jesus, but I felt like I don't need to go back. He's done. He heard me. No, Jesus said, when the son of man comes back, will he find this kind of undying faith on earth? That undying faith push, pray until something happens. You keep going to God over and over. And I want to encourage you, whatever it is, you keep going to God over and over and over and over until you see it. My prayer is that you have asked the Lord, Lord, first of all, reveal that if this is in your will, And if it is not in your will, then now you have to shift your prayer. You have to change how you are praying, right? Because we want the will of the Lord for our lives. We don't want to be like the children of Israel where God gave them something because he's such a loving father. But yet they went through so much because of their own prayer requests. So we want to be in the will of the Lord. So ask the Lord, Lord, this desire, is this you? Show me in your word. Let me seek after wise counsel, right? All of these things, Lord, show me how, if this is you. And if it's not you, remove that from me. Like that's, I do, I pray those prayers. Lord, if it's not you, close that door. Remove that. I don't want to do anything out of your will. And I have faith that he is hearing me. I have faith and I expect that it will be so. I'm walking in expectation. Cause that's one thing I did. I kind of stopped walking in expectation. I said, well, Lord, if it's, if it's you, you do it. I believe that this is you. But now after having that conversation with them, this is why it's good once again to have Christ-centered people in your life who can encourage you, who can challenge you in the word of God, who can spark something in you. Because I'm talking about I went and I prayed like I haven't prayed in so long. I felt the fire and the burning of God in my spirit for my relationship with Jesus. So even when we're talking about conquering me, I want us to know that I'm in this number two. I am constantly asking the Lord to conquer me. Jennifer does not want to be about Jennifer. I want to be about the Lord. And that is my heart des- desire. So I just really encourage us to really take those passages of scripture. I know I read um, different versions and I think it's really good. And the journal that I'm working on is really scriptural alignment. Um, I encourage us in there, the steps that I give and the instructions that are written in the journal. I really encourage us to look at different versions of scriptures. Really, because it's, I love how different versions of the scripture will expose something differently. It will have maybe a different word or phrase that may spark something in you, or that sparks some uh, understanding, right? And so, in, in Proverbs, it says, "Let wisdom be the uh, the principal thing, but in all thy getting, get an understanding." And so, this is why we have to even challenge ourselves to get out of our favorite type of version of the Bible. Read other versions. Sometimes you need to go back to King James. I know some people don't like reading King James. Sometimes you need to go back to King James to see how it is, to see the poetry, but also see the, the weight and the severity of it. Because I believe in this passage of, of scripture in King James, it said, this woman, she's so persistent, she's going to kill me. I think that's what it is, but I think it's the intensity of it, right? So it is so important that when we read the word of God, We allow the Holy Spirit to really, really, really expose us to ourselves and allow us our eyes to be open so that we can see him. And I'm talking about, I saw God really yearning for me to be that persistent child. And what's so interesting is, even as I'm talking, I'm realizing he always created me to be a persistent child. I was the one to where if I desire something, I just kept going. My mom said that even as a child, when I knew what I wanted, I kept working towards that to what I wanted. So look how look how the enemy came in, came into how God naturally made me and how he spiritually desires me to be. The enemy maybe turned me into someone who was like, well, I just need to do it one time and that's it. It was killing my persistency, killing my fire killing my expectations. And I see how I was living beneath the glory of God, living beneath his standard. Because I was like, well, God, I don't want to bother you. So now here comes the mindset of, am I worthy? Am I deserving of these things? Do I deserve this? And the answer is absolutely yes. Be persistent and what God is calling you to do. But number one, be persistent in your prayer life. For all those who pray and intercede for other people, I really do challenge you to make sure that you are praying for yourself. I realized that I was not praying for myself. I was praying for my husband and my children. I was praying for the world, the family, whatever came on my heart, but I was on the bottom of the list. And I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling the best way I can say it kind of spiritually backed up because I had all these things. So it's kind of like, what was the candy? Um, I think it's the rock candy when people put in Coca-Cola and it's like, it starts to fizz. And I felt this. And that night when I prayed, honey, I took that cap off that Coca-Cola bottle and everything just overflowed. No, it was just like an explosion. It was this explosion that I had spiritually where I felt this amazing release. And I said, God, I thank you. It's okay for me to be persistent. You want us to be persistent. And sometimes it depends on our culture. It depends on our gender. It has is looked down upon. I'm a black woman. Being too persistent, too assertive, too aggressive is a problem. So all of these things carried over into my spiritual life. So now I know I can humbly come before the Lord with expectation on a consistent basis for a specific issue, and I will continue to do it. And I encourage you to continue to do it until you see it happen. You better push. Pray until something happens. Do not give up. Jesus says when he's returned, he's looking for that type of faith. Will he find that type of faith? That that faith that won't give up. That faith that will stay stay on your knees praying for whatever it is. Whatever it is, you don't give up. Jesus does not say how long the woman went to the judge. She just kept going until. So I need you to keep going until. I need us to keep humbly going to the Father, to our Father, to our Heavenly Father, until we see it happen. Until we have peace in that, until we have understanding in that area, until we have knowledge. You keep going until. I love you all. I pray that you have really received something. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to pray now. And I want you to repeat after me, Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. If that is what you have said and you believe that in your hearts, you are now saved. I encourage you. I just said in the earlier part of this podcast, even how it benefits me. I encourage you to find a group of people. Let it be a small group, a church, home, whatever it is, where they're going to challenge you in the word of God. They're going to uplift you in the word of God, encourage you. All of these things, because we do need one another. And I ask that you be patient in the process. It may not come from the first, second, third, fifth, tenth time, child, in whatever the number is. But at the end of the day, we need to be persistent with our walk with God. And for anyone who is a believer who's been walking, for those who've been walking with God, and you've realized through this conversation that we have had, that you've dealt with that. You've dealt with feeling unworthy. You've dealt with feeling um, uh, having some type of lack of faith because you're like, I want to keep going to God, but I feel like I shouldn't. Maybe you were taught something wrong. Maybe someone had a misunderstanding. Maybe something, I don't know, whatever it is. We're going to pray that you go to your heavenly father. First of all, you go back and you read Luke 18, one through eight. Read it in a couple versions, study that. And I want you to have that fire that you're when you read it, that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you where that seed came from. Where did that lie come from that kept you from coming to your father on a consistent basis? And after you read this, Lord, I thank you For you placing that fire in my brother and sister in Christ, wherever they are across this world, that fire that they're going to be so persistent in their prayer life. Some of them, they only pray for everybody else and they never pray for themselves. God, God, we repent for not even coming to you. We just finished a beautiful series about repentance and how a beautiful way to start and have a conversation about something else to for us to talk about having a persistent prayer life over one consistent thing. Lord, I thank you for you being a God of mercy, you being a God of restoration. The things that we did not pray in those years, we believe and we have expectation that when we come to you and we are persistent about it that you are restoring us and restoring that thing, whatever it is. You are a God of restoration. you desire for your children to live a life of fullness, a life of joy. Lord, I thank you in it, fans, for we will pursue you. We will be relentless in our faith. We will be relentless. We will be relentless in our prayer life, relentless in our study life. We will even ask you when to study, what is our study schedule? All of these things. Because we are going to have this strategy where we are going to combat against the enemy that can only come from you. No longer we allow the enemy to make us and play us and make us feel like we are nothing and that we are no, we are not your child. Well we know that we have free access to you because of Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for putting that fire putting that fire in us, putting in that fire in us, that we will pursue you and we will be relentless and we will have expectations as we are communing with you, as we are having communication with you, as we are really worshiping and having an intimacy with you. Lord, we love you. We honor you and adore you in the name of Jesus. I love you all. Don't forget to check out the website, uh, conqueringme.co, conqueringme.co. Um, We are going to be adding new things. So many great things is stored. But the best thing that you guys can do is sign up for the newsletter. This is when um, you get pieces from the blog and any other things that we have. We are working on so much stuff. God has given us a great big vision. And I believe and I have faith that we will do it and that we will um, really see it come to pass. Because it is about the glory of God. I do believe that we are living in the last things. And the glory of God has to go forth. We have to bring people into the kingdom of God and we have to strengthen and encourage one another in the faith. I love you all. Have a great week and I will speak to you next Friday.